welcome to Restart Radio, a very different show about gadgets on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is a different show because unlike most, we do not focus on the new shiny, shiny things to buy. We focus on the value in the stuff we already have. The Restart project aims for a shift of behavior towards a more sustainable and happier relationship with electronics. Our monthly community electronics repair events here in London are just the beginning. My name is Ugo Vallauri from the Restart Project, and I'll be your host for today. In this episode, we are talking to Ted Vaz, founder of T-Fix, a very innovative repair business in Mitcham, South London, mixing corporate and consumer repairs uh, with a very interesting twist. Thanks for joining us today, Ted. Thank you. Thank you for taking me over. I'm um, Ted from a company called T-Fix. So, uh, Ted, I've been following, we've been following the activity of uh, TFIX for quite a while. And in the past, uh, uh, we sent some uh, business over your way by way of recommending that people give it a try uh, when we experienced uh, at our community repair events uh, difficult problems involving soldering of very micro parts of graphic cards or CPUs that would otherwise need to be uh, thrown away. Um, tell us a little bit about the company and how uh, it came up. you came up with the idea. That's how actually we uh, started uh, noticing the restart project because people started coming in and they keep saying, there's a restart project they keep recommending you as a professional soldering company. So we thought, okay, uh, that's very nice. And we, that's how we uh, got interested in the restart. Uh, T-Fix, we basically are a professional soldering laboratory. They're specializing in component replacement on printed circuit boards. So that's how we can uh, leverage and uh, replace not the actual boards or components or the whole laptop, but actually replacing single parts on printed circuit boards to get them back to life. So this is not the kind of simple repair that anyone can easily do in a community setting or at home. You need very, very specific equipment in order to do that. And when I visited your shop last month, I was quite impressed with the level of sophisticated equipment. It looked like a very high-end research laboratory. And obviously, I'm not as expert as I should be in all of this equipment, but I've seen machines that most of us had never dreamt could exist. Can you tell us a bit about what's in your laboratory? Yeah, so we have uh, three different labs. All of them uh, have major soldering equipment in there. We call them, one is for consumer repair, so we, we all repair like uh, phones and game consoles and computers and stuff. The other one is consumer uh, corporate related stuff, so where we handle all the projects for corporate big companies. And we have a completely separate laboratory for R&D. So where we look into these kind of devices, the consumer electronics, and we try to establish the failures, the failing trends, and come up with uh, techniques how to get them repaired economically. So that's kind of a working uh, for the past eight years in corporate environment allowed us to invest like huge amounts in the various electronic equipment when it comes to soldering especially so purchasing all the uh, right uh, bga replacement rework stations the best ones are made by german but we have from uh, we have some equipment from russia 
Italy, France, China, UK even. So yeah. Our listeners might not necessarily know what BGA means. So if you'd like to explain in few clear terms what 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 is it so it's bga it's a soldering technology which allows to place the component onto a printed circuit board with no uh, kind of no standoffs so it's soldered in place on itself so it provides a physical as well as uh, electrical connection to itself so it's one of the uh, technologies that's used to put parts together inside of your laptop or inside basically any kind of electronic device and it's pretty m the most complicated technology there is when it comes to putting the parts together in uh, to make the equipment function. I, I quite enjoyed uh, how you encourage repair as a way to reduce unnecessary waste, which is what kind of brings us close together. And I appreciate that you go the extra mile to avoid having to throw away a complete motherboard of a laptop just because one part or maybe the graphic um, unit uh, went bust. How does that work? You know, definitely. The, the repair, there are, there are no down points when you repair an electro electronic device because you save money and you save environment. So uh, once, once we get into repairing stuff, we need to get as much as possible out of that actual repair. So replacing not the actual boards inside but going level deeper replacing actual components on the boards that allows us to, to extract further value and to provide that value to a customer to a, to a client to a consumer who has that macbook and he once he it, it failed due to overheating of a single component which is soldered onto a motherboard and uh, it's not easily replaceable but having the right equipment it can be done which extends uh, life expectancy for another two years and and that's not a practice that normally is provided by the manufacturer in this case apple they they wouldn't recommend that kind of repair they normally tend to just quote the price of a complete replacement of the motherboard of such computers yeah particularly probably due to the fact that the actual repair to carry out a uh, smt component replacement on a motherboard is extremely hard so you have to be specialized you have to have a specialized equipment specialized procedures to replace that component uh, reliably and to ensure that it's done professionally to a level that apple wants it, their computers to be so that's the main fact probably why they do not encourage the users to to replace the actual components on printed circuit boards and you you mentioned that you invest quite significantly into research and development. Can you give us some example of what does that mean? Yeah, for example, uh, let's talk about Nintendo Switch, the latest and greatest game console that come out. So we looked into the market. We only we constantly looking for different devices that come out and we look for trending failures. So we looked at the users are complaining about uh, the controllers desynchronizing and we looked at how can it be improved. So we purchased a number of these game consoles and we investigated the issue. So this is a console that was released in the market less than two months ago. It's been released in March, yeah, so probably and about a month ago, yeah. And so it just so happens that it's a brand new product 
probably released to the market without taking in consideration some technical issues. So there, it has a slightly flawed design. Yeah, yeah, it has a flawed design because uh, basically it's to do with the radio interference. So they can only test a set amount of devices in set amount of environments. And obviously when they release a device all over the world, they, in, the environments are different. So we see some failures. And the particularly with Nintendo Switch, we've seen these controllers that operate on radio frequency uh, misbehaving in different environments. And we thought, how can we improve that? We've uh, determined what kind of frequency these controllers operate on, what kind of technology. We've narrowed it down to 2.4 gigahertz Bluetooth connection, and uh, we increased the antennas that are inside of these controllers. We replaced them with proper higher value antennas, and that completely eliminated all the issues. I mean, this is quite amazing, but it also begs the question, why are these products designed in such a way that it requires a third party to intervene straight after manufacturing, in a sense? Is that, is that a flaw that shouldn't just have been tested by the manufacturer? I mean, yeah, they probably done all of their tests, but every single human is flawed, I guess. So the designers of the actual Nintendo Switch, probably they've done as much as they can, but they cannot release 5 million devices just for testing. So they've tested a fraction of devices which were good enough to be released. But however, when they put it through, when they scaled it over, all over the world, they've identified that probably 5 to 10% of these devices, they still have failures. So in a sense, the job of an advanced repair business uh, such as yourself is not just to actually perform the repairs, but it's in understanding what future demand might exist and finding ways to not to upgrade a product in the traditional original sense to make a product better not in the current sense that when you upgrade you just throw away a product and get a new one oh definitely yeah. if you want to be a successful repair company you have to stay on top of it you have to identify all the trend trending failures and see how can you solve them and that, that's that's the essence of having a R&D department it's being staying on top of your competition, staying on top of the current market releases and just being first everywhere. It's just the, the nature of the actual repair business. So Restart recently released uh, figures from a survey, uh, a research we've done in collaboration with Nottingham Trent University about the participants that come to our community restart parties. Uh, their attitudes towards repairs and some of their experience with repair. And one of the bits of data that we were maybe surprised to find is that 45% of people that we surveyed have no recommendation or no name in their head about a commercial repair business that they trust. So that shows that, in a sense, a majority, given that other people polled um, were not keen to repair anyway. Just the minority of people actually have one trustworthy repair business they know and they could recommend to others. So how do we bring back uh, more trust in this industry? Because it seems to be one of the key problems. Uh, yeah, I mean, firstly, UK doesn't have a kind of a 
association of repair companies and businesses. So if there could be a place, probably sponsored by government or kind of a indulged by government that would accumulate all of these repair centers and put them together under some kind of standards that would increase uh, all all of the confidence of consumers. So that's that's my point of view. But um, listening and uh, having the actual details of that survey, that should put everyone in perspective that there is a niche. Everyone should start being a bit more professional. Everyone should start working a bit harder to to get into that repair business, to, to get into recycling. And, of course, all kinds of people have different reasons for not wanting to repair products. I've had, before we ever started Restart, I had a really bad experience that I will never forget about taking my phone at the time to a um, repair shop in central London, which shall not be named. And uh, I had a problem with the screen that was kind of falling apart. And I tried, I asked for it to be replaced. And when I came, went to collect it, uh, the phone was working, but the screen replacement was actually a plastic screen. And when I asked that business why that was the case, they told me, well, you didn't ask me if the part was going to be original. And so I had to simply accept that. And in a sense, that's one of the memories that forced me to want to do something about this sector. But how do we handle this divergence of service that you find in like some places? I mean, what we encourage, we do these kind of videos. And in every single video on YouTube, we encourage customers to look for a professional repair center, to evaluate your repair center before you actually go and select it. So if you if if the customers, they if someone's looking to repair their phone, we always ask to look for actual reviews online, not for reviews on their own website, but to review on reviews on uh, external websites, to look on their social media to see if they're active on social media to evaluate that company before they uh, submit their phone for repair, because it's imagine you used your phone for two years. It's been exposed to environment. It's been used and abused, and it's been damaged. So you need to find someone who can do it professionally, who can actually do more good than damage. So you need to evaluate the company to make sure that it's a registered company, to make sure they registered for VAT, as most of the actual professional companies, they have to be registered for VAT. And with logistics nowadays, the company doesn't ha even have to be local. So most of the professional repair centers and companies and shops, they provide uh, collection and delivery service all around UK. So you don't have to be, if you do not trust someone locally, look online. There are plenty of good companies online who can do it for you. And they do it pro probably even better price than local. You're listening to Restart Radio on Resonance 104.4 FM. And we're talking today to Ted Vass, uh, founder of repair company T-Fix in South London. So let's step back a little bit. And I'm very curious how you came up with the idea of starting a repair business in London. 
Okay, so uh, I was working actually in as a programmer in a company in South Wimbledon, and I didn't really like it because uh, it was eight to five job looking at numbers and uh, algorithms all day, and I was looking for something different. Uh, so I actually posted my CV online and couldn't find a job anywhere. However, the computer exchange owner from uh, Tooting replied to me and he said, I can't offer you a job, but I might uh, give you a good hobby. And I went to see him and he said, well, we have these game consoles failing and we're looking for someone who can do it, uh, who can repair them for us economically. And I said, well, yeah, obviously I'm, I'm up for a challenge. So uh, I started looking into these game consoles and various ways how to get it fixed and how to extract further value going down to even component level. What can replace? Can, what can be replaced inside of that game console? What can be replaced on the actual printed circuit board inside? And that's allowed me. I kind of snowballed from from that. So I used to work as a programmer eight to five. Then I used to go around South London, collect these game consoles from all over computer exchanges, and repair them until ten o'clock at night and uh, deliver them the next morning. So that's kind of a and this whole uh, curiosity of how to extract further value, what what can be replaced, what's trending failures, snowballed into TFIX. So you're saying that actually all the learning happened by way of kind of taking things apart and understanding how products work and how how did you find the original information? To oh, definitely, yeah. So uh, we I looked into what's uh, what's happening, why this... Um, Xbox 360 is failing, so uh, I've narrowed it down to a graphics processing unit which overheats, and it, it happened to be a BGA component, which is uh, the most complicated soldering component there is on a circuit board. So I thought, well, what's failing? How is it failing? Can it be refurbished? Can it be replaced? And all of this curiosity snowballed into actually developing a successful component replacement procedures, then looking into equipment, what needs to be purchased and what needs to be done to refurbish that game console. And once um, I started seeing some value of it, uh, it kind of everyone started to get these game consoles to us to get them repaired as we were the only ones going so much deeper than the rest of the market. So you, you're basically self-thought in, into this. Like originally you, you used the internet to find insights in what was failing in these products and you analyzed them and started performing the repairs definitely yeah definitely self-taught uh, just curiosity learning for for life just learning about new things identifying failures uh, scoring the internet of uh, the actual uh, complaints the users are having and identifying these complaints and seeing if we can resolve this issue for everyone economically so fast forward to today uh, you your business model is a mix of services that you provide to the general public and uh, services that you provide to manufacturers, if I understand correctly. Yeah, so we work on two different levels. We ha uh, have a consumer department and we have corporate department. So uh, we actually, for the past two years, we started to concentrate on helping consumers and being transparent company, uh, just allowing everyone to come in and uh, show everyone how the actual repairs performed what we do just to build that confidence just to 
give a good example of what what it takes to be a good repair company, good repair center. And obviously we, because we have such a good relationships with uh, big corporations, we have a completely separate department where we repair 1,500 of uh, cable boxes or 10,000 of uh, BGA replacements and so on. So you're saying that you work with companies that could be, you know, the equivalent of BT and others uh, that... uh need some products rectified once they've already reached the market. Oh, definitely, yes. Yeah. So it's not it's not only consumers that see the value of uh, extending the life expectancy of a single iPhone. It's also a big corporations who need a single component to be replaced to e- extend the actual uh, lifetime of a printed circuit board, which is inside of a network switch, let's say. The main difference between working on uh, corporate repairs and uh, consumer ones, it seems to be that for corporate products, the manufacturers are trying to sell a service as opposed to trying to push a new product down to the consumer. So I guess it's more in their interest to extend the lifespan of, of that original product. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they, but it's still uh, the product fails. So it doesn't matter who pays for it or who is interested in actually extending the life expectancy, either the actual client or the manufacturer. We are just a company who extends it. So it doesn't matter who is interested, but at the end of the day, it still has to be ex- extended. You, you just cannot throw away a uh, working unit which needs only single part to be replaced. Well, it's encouraging to hear that manufacturers are not just trying to sell you another product, but at times they actually are reasonable and try to extract more value from the products that are already in circulation. Definitely, yeah. W- what is the main um, issue you have at the moment in terms of uh, making the business uh, grow? I mean, it's uh, it's the people point of view of what the repair shop has to be. So we don't, we don't even call T-Fix a repair shop. Whenever people come in and they say, we'll come to your shop, we say, we're not a shop, we are actually a repair center. We are. We have ESD safe procedures, ESD safe premises with controlled environments. And I think uh, the major issue we're having is the uh, portrayal of all of the repair industry and uh, how it needs to be and what, what it is currently. So what we're trying to do, we're trying to be the pioneers of, you, have, you, you can be professional, you can have uh, the right strategies and you can also uh, serve the actual consumer as well. And are you finding it easy or quite hard to get access to all the parts that you need for your work? It is extremely hard and manufacturers do not make it easy. Tell us a bit more about that. Uh, I mean, uh, every single manufacturer, he they obviously due to their financials or innovation point of views, they're interested to manufacture a device which would be replaceable within the period of one year. So uh, they uh, they do not tend to make the actual uh, recycling or availability of parts easy. Uh, we are authorized repair center for a few companies and every single repair procedure is under NDA, which is a non-disclosure agreement. So we cannot even talk about what kind of strategies we would uh, have to repair that actual device or we cannot show the materials, we cannot disclose where we get the parts or what needs to be replaced or what we actually have done to get your device back to, uh, back to life. 
So that's that's kind of the, the that's what where manufacturers are, and it, it's just the nature of it. It's just the nature of uh, bringing the innovation every so often. So in some cases, you you do work with manufacturers, but in many other cases, um, you actually have to invent your own supply chain and finding access to Chinese distributor of parts and, and things like that. Oh, definitely, yeah. For example, uh, PlayStation 4 came out and uh, they it was a complete design flaw with a HDMI port at the back where it was manufactured uh, from cheaper materials. And so the port that you used to connect it to the TV? Yeah, the port used to connect it to a TV. It was uh, designed poorly, which uh, led to these ports breaking off very easily. So we identified that issue. We managed to find a factory in China who could manufacture a improved port and we uh, got these parts in and we started introducing these uh, repair services so that was completely uh, developing the whole strategy from zero trying to uh, establish a supply chain of better manufactured better designed parts so again it looks like it's not just about repairing it's about making better a product that was otherwise otherwise partly flawed oh yeah definitely yeah so they, that's where that's what we at tfix we try to do we, not only to repair repair the actual device back to manufacturing standards but also to improve its stability to improve the longevity if it's possible so not just uh, so for example the other repair shops will install as you said install your screen which made out of plastic we would never do that or at least we would give you a choice with different price points and let you choose just to put your expectations in the right order. One uh, bit of news that we came across last week was um, a report that appeared on Motherboard on uh, Apple's policies and agreements uh, with recyclers. So since you repair a lot of Apple products going at great length to procure parts, which are clearly not provided to you by Apple, you probably find this interesting. Motherboard unveiled how Apple's agreements with recyclers are such that it do, they do not allow for any reuse of spare parts uh, from otherwise um, recyclable products so that everything has to be ground into just the original metals. And so many parts that could be reused and reducing the environmental impact of these products cannot be um, reused within such agreements. W what are your views on that? I mean, Apple is a big company, so no one knows what their innovations and what's their point of view, because they probably have a plan for the next 50 years for the whole uh, world and where they want it to be. But uh, the demand is there. People need to extend the life expectancy of their MacBooks. People need to extend the life expectancy of their iPhones. So we cannot deny that these parts will source, these parts will be available, and it's not up to Apple to decide whether they can they can push it as much as they can, but the, the, the people will still uh, salvage the parts from other laptops and mix and match them to, to get the life expectancy and to extract the further value from the actual uh, devices they have. So I would encourage everyone to look for the different kind of uh, procedures and different parts that are available and can be um, remanufactured to, expend, to extend the life of your MacBook. 
Thank you. Um, finally, do you have like one special repair that you're particularly proud of uh, that you'd like to, to share with us? I mean, we're quite proud of uh, being agile, being a small company and being agile enough to come up with the uh, Nintendo Switch repair. And we've been having a great feedback from everyone that we've been uh, brave enough to go into market, purchase these game consoles and look for a uh, how to improve them and uh, to uh, monitor the actual user feedback on these devices and provide these uh, kind of solutions. So that's what we're currently proud of, that we can and we will innovate and we will look for better solutions, how to improve, not only to repair uh, current um, consumer electronics, but to also improve them to give a better user experience. Thanks, Tad, and thanks for joining us today in the show. So we're getting close to the end of this week's Restart Radio. Um, you can find more about all of our activities on social media uh, at Restart Project and on our website, therestartproject.org. We have a few upcoming community pop-up uh, repair events, our Restart Parties, all over. Uh, uh, in London, we'll be back next week on Tuesday, uh, the 9th, of uh, May in Brixton at the Brixton Pound Cafe from 6 to 9 p.m. Meanwhile, we have events coming up in Limerick, Ireland, where a new group started doing our activities in Oslo, Norway, and in Leicester, a bit further up north. Thanks for listening. Until next week. Bye.